Welcome back to the Connect the Dots podcast. It's day 39 of 100 days of podcast. I hope that you are still enjoying the topics that I'm bringing to you. We will start a new uh, a new 10 episode set on Sunday where we talk about music every day. I'm really excited for those. I've started putting together my list of, of the 10 like songs and artists that I want to that I want to cover. So I'm really excited. We're going to have a lot of fun, but we still have two more deep thought episodes left. So let's get into today's topic, which is cognitive dissonance. Sounds very serious, doesn't it? I mean, it's a, it's a pretty serious topic. As a psychology major, I have heard this term before, but it's not been in my like daily thought pattern for some time. And what I mean by that is I don't go around every day going, ooh, cognitive, di- cognitive dissonance is happening for me. <laughs> it, it doesn't, it happens. These things happen a good bit. Or the, the concept of cognitive disson- dissonance happens a good bit. It's just not something I ever think about, like, it being. Um, so uh, when, I, when I came back across the term and the concept uh, while reading Atlas of the Heart, my wheels again started to turn, and you're gonna you're gonna understand why here in a little bit because I'm gonna share uh, I'm gonna share several things from Brene Brown's book Atlas of the Heart today. Uh, the first thing I want to share is in the book she shares the definition from two researchers um, that wrote a book called Mistakes Were Made but Not by Me: Why We Justify Foolish Beliefs, Bad Decisions, and Hurtful Acts, and it was written by Carol. Uh, Tarvis and Elliot uh, Aronson. There we go. That's the word, Aronson. Um, and so I'm going to read you their, their definition. They say, cognitive dissonance is a state of tension that occurs when a person holds two cognitions, right, ideas, beliefs, attitudes, or opinions that are psychologically inconsistent with each other. And they go on to explain that dissonance is Dis, uh, disquieting because to hold two ideas that contradict each other is to flirt with absurdity. And as Aubrey uh, Camus observed, we are creatures who spend our lives trying to convince ourselves that we, that our existence is not absurd. <laughs> I like that last part because we are. We are creatures who spend our lives trying to convince ourselves that our existence is not absurd. Um, But thinking about cognitive dissonance and being that state of tension that occurs when somebody is holding to uh, thoughts or ideas or beliefs that are inconsistent with each other. Let me pull in a basic example uh, from an article on psychology today. Um, So this came from psychologytoday.com. The link is in the show notes. Uh, But when someone tells a lie and feels uncomfortable about it because he fundamentally sees himself as an honest person, he may experience cognitive dissonance. That is, there is mental discord related to a contradiction between one thought, in this case, knowing he did something wrong, and another, thinking that he is honest. I know we've probably all been, probably all been here, right? We, we tell a little bitty, we, we tell a white lie, but we're like, but I'm an honest person. 
we feel that tension for a moment of, oh, I told her I liked her sweater, but I, I'm an honest person, but I don't really like her sweater. I mean, you, you know, we, we all have those little moments like this. And the tension between two thoughts is hard because sometimes it's, it's the thoughts maybe just around your plans or what to eat or that little white lie. While other times the thoughts may be more focused around values and beliefs. Those are the ones that they get, it gets harder. When I was eight, we started going to a very conservative church. Now, mind you, I love this church. I love the people at this church. Um, and so this has nothing to, no judgment on, on the people of this church. It was just the belief of that particular uh, section of religion. But ladies wore dresses every service. We couldn't have a youth group. We couldn't have a fellowship hall to have meals or anything. We would, the church would always just rent out a building that was a couple, uh, like a mile or so away. But prior to going to this church, I had gone to a Methodist church where we had plays and handbell choirs and fellowship halls um, and youth groups and et cetera, et cetera. It was the complete opposite in most things, but the teaching of Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Even at a young age, my mind couldn't wrap around this difference. Why did it matter what I wore to church? Why did, why did it matter if I wore pants on Sunday night or Wednesday night or blue jeans? Um, why did I have to wear a dress every time? To me, I was like, Jesus didn't care. Jesus just hopes I show up. And I remember saying this in several different versions to my parents on more than one occasion <laughs> uh, when I would be upset because I would have to get dressed up to go um, on a Sunday night or Wednesday night after, you know, I'd come home from school or, uh, you know, gone to a friend's house and I had to change and do all that stuff, you know, being a, a kid. But at this young age, I was experiencing that tension between two schools of thought. And as I've grown up, you know, I have developed my own relationship with Jesus and what clothes I wear when I go to a service to worship him. Um, so I have grown in my thoughts. Um, I was able to learn. I was able to take in information and come to a new conclusion. I grew. Um, Again, not that I'm saying one, one church is bad and one church is good. I'm just saying that that cognitive dissonance that I had, that tension between why this place says this and this place says this, and, and these are conflicting. Why? I don't understand, right? Over the years, I've been able to alleviate that that tension because I've grown in my, in my own thoughts and my own feelings and my own journey. And sometimes when people experience cognitive dissonance, this isn't the case. And so Brene shares um, a story from um, Tarvis and uh, Aronson's book. And I'm going to read you the story. And it's going to, it's, it's not terribly long, uh, but it'll, it'll probably take a few minutes. Um, so just, just bear with me. I may mispronounce things. I may go back. I will do my best to uh, do it justice. <laughs> so 
Um, and this is an abbreviated version of their of a story from their book um, about uh, Festinger. I feel like I'm not saying that right, but uh, we're going to go with it. Uh, <laughs> so they explained that in 1954, the social psychologist Leon uh, Festinger and two associates infiltrated a doomsday cult to find out what would happen when the leader's prophecy failed to be fulfilled. The leader had promised her followers that the world would end on December 21st, 1954, but that they would be picked up by a flying saucer and transported to safety at midnight on December 20th. <laughs> uh, Tavris and Aronson explained, many of her followers quit their jobs, gave away their houses, and um, dis uh, dispersed their savings in anticipation of the end. Who needs money in outer space? Others waited in fear or resignation in their homes. Festinger predicted that the believers who had not made a strong commitment to the prophecy would quietly lose their faith um, in the leader when the world didn't end. And those who had given away their possessions and waited with other believers for the spaceship would double down on their belief in her mystical abilities. He predicted that even if the prophecy did not materialize, the followers who lost the most would dominate their increased commitment. Sorry, again, I told you I would read some things wrong. Let me go back. He predicted that even if the prophecy did not materialize, the followers who lost the most would demonstrate their increased commitment by doing whatever they could to get others to join them. At the time, their hypothesis blew the doors off of every existing theory about motivation and human behavior. It was unthinkable that people would double down once proven wrong. But by 4.45 a.m., when the spaceship was a no-show, their leader shared a new vision of the world. Because of their strong faith, they had been spared. As hypothesized by Festinger, the most invested members responded by calling the media with the great news, and they became even more invested evangelists for the group. Luckily, the doomsday leader's predictions failed, but Festinger's prediction didn't, and he changed the way we think about human behavior. I think that's so interesting because, I mean, that was back in, in 1954 when they infiltrated that doomsday cult to, to see what would happen. And I'm sure that story may bring up some feelings and remind you of events um, that have happened during the last five years here in the U.S. And I, by no means, am trying to trigger you or upset you in any way um, with, with giving you that story. Uh, but that's the story when I, when I read this in Brene's book, that's the story that kind of led up to the definition of cognitive dissonance, that reminder of that, and just that got my wheels turning. So I wanted to share it with you. But as they wrote on psychologytoday.com, by bringing attention 
to the inconsistencies in our mind, cognitive dissonance may present an opportunity for growth. People who feel it could, re- could realize, for example, that they need to update their beliefs to reflect the truth or change their behavior to better match the person they want to be. Hopefully we all have something new to ponder as I close out today. You can find the links to the uh, Psychology Today article and uh, to Atlas of the Heart um, that I referenced in the show notes. Um, And I'll be back tomorrow with a little bit of a lighter topic. (laughs) Uh, Tomorrow I'm going to talk about Instagram influencers. I, I'm not going to, yeah, let me just, I'm going to stop there. It's going to be about Instagram influencers (laughs) and I will tell you more about my thoughts tomorrow, but until then, remember you are loved, you are worthy, and there are great things ahead for you if you trust and believe in the Lord. Bye.